Today, I will be talking about patience. How many of you are just getting comfortable just in the opening line of the sermon? Uh, the pace of our culture and the speed of our world is in constant war with the lifestyle of patience. Uh, we live in a country that invented fast food. And when fast food wasn't fast enough, we invented the drive-thru lane. And when the drive-thru lane isn't fast enough, we invented the double drive-thru lane. Because we want our food now. Many of you guys love going to music parks, Disneyland, but you can't enjoy yourself. You spend all day waiting in those lines, like this kid. Um, so we invented a thing called the Fast Pass, God's gift to mankind. So we can walk right on past the miserable masses who are waiting in line and go right to the front of the line. I don't know how old you were when the internet kind of became a big thing. It's about 20 years ago. I was a freshman in college. Did anybody have a free Juno email account back in the day? I don't know if you remember this, uh, but it would, the bar that would tell you how long it would take for your email to send was insane. It would take longer to send an email than it did to write it. You would hit send, go eat dinner, take a shower, go to bed, wake up the next morning, check your computer, 43% sent. Uh, this is how it was. Researchers say this, that now if we go to a video or a website, if it doesn't, if it, if it takes longer than two and a half seconds to upload, we walk away. You clicked on the link. No one made you click on that video. But if this comes up, and it's two and a half seconds long, we're done, we walk away. We want it now, or we don't want it at all. Two and a half seconds. This two and a half phenomena has permeated more than just our culture, but also our churches. Well, God, I've prayed for two and a half minutes. Nothing's happened. So now I'm done. I tithed for two and a half weeks. And there is not a breakthrough in my finances, so I'm done, I'm gonna run it my way. I forgave that person two and a half times, but that person hasn't changed, I'm done with them. Uh, we're the only country in the world that has a mountain named Rushmore, okay? We are a culture that lacks patience. And it's not just our country, it's not just our culture, it's us too. Look at 1 Timothy 1.16, it says this. But for that very reason, I will show mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul Peter is saying that God put his patience on display when he showed mercy to me, the worst of sinners. I love the humility here of Paul. Paul authored 13 New Testament books. Paul is maybe, probably, the greatest missionary in the world's ever known. And he calls himself the worst of sinners. I think that kind of humility is something that could go a long way for us today in the church. The, the Greek word here for patience is macrothumia. 
It's a compound word in Greek. It comes from the word macro, which means long. It's the opposite of the word micro, which means small. And thumia, rage or anger. So you put that together, and the impatient person is short to become angry. They're really quick to get all worked up about something or someone. And the patient person is the one who takes a really, really long time to explode. Certain fireworks have an incredibly short fuse, like black cats, right? Black cats, you buy them, and it's it. Not much time to get away. We all know what happens. We all know what it's like when this happens in our lives. Someone said something, and in two seconds, we're yelling at our spouse. In no time, we're screaming at our kids. We lose our temper at work. And when that happens in our lives, it's not because of someone else. That's something that actually came out of us. When we're impatient, we often think that the problem is the other person. That person drives me crazy. Uh, I can't stand them. They're so frustrating. They're my problem. They're why I am impatient. You know, uh, got this laser pointer here. I'm just going to call out some people here. See Noe right there. I'm worshiping her right in the back. Noe Garza. You know what, Noe? You're my problem. <laughs> when you sing too loud or sing too soft or you go too long, you know, it's your fault. You're my problem. And then there's this guy, Tal, right here. Tal, he took the last donut right when I was out there getting ready to get mine. You're my problem, Tal. You're my problem. I see Brad back there. Brad, this guy took my parking space this morning. You're my problem, Brad. Uh, I, I could go on and on, right? But there's one common denominator with everybody that I'm pointing at. The common denominator is me. The, the problem with patience is not who I'm pointing at, it's the point person who has the laser pointer. Uh, I've got this neighbor kid uh, who, who lives in our, in our neighborhood, and he's about seven, and he's kind of annoying, okay? Uh, I have a five-year-old boy, and so, like, the seven-year-old five-year-old, like, they don't play super great together. Um, this five-year-old is a little too babyish for him, and so when he knocks on our house, I'll go, hey, can Dex play? And he's about, Dex is about the eighth house he's knocked on. He went to every other kid first, and then he goes, so Dex is like a throwaway friend. And so, like, you know, he doesn't get a chance to do all that often, but we go outside, and Dex, me, and this kid are outside playing, and my little daughter, Ivy, one and a half, comes out too. And we're all playing, and then this kid has this, this ball, and it's like hard kind of on the outside, and Ivy starts walking towards him, and he rears back, and he kicks this ball, hits my daughter right in her face, falls back, just like a YouTube video. And I run up, and I grab her, she starts crying, and uh, he says, she should have been walking that way. You should have been paying closer attention to her. And I'm in his face, just like that. My wife's like this, watching through a garage, watching me lose it on a seven-year-old boy. The truth is, that seven-year-old was not my problem. I was my problem. That was in me. It was in me to yell at a child. It was shot by own. Macrothumia. Macrothumia, to, to not have a short fuse, but to have a really long fuse. And this fuse, even when it's lit, 
you have plenty of time to diffuse it before there's an explosion. This is the image that's painted here. James 5 says this. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. This passage speaks of our need for patience, not in the areas of life where we want patience, but definitely in the areas of life where we need patience. Number one, patience with circumstances. The farming metaphor is a perfect metaphor to describe patience and circumstances. Because if you think about farming in the ancient world, it was long before we had modern-day irrigation. Okay? For the farmer to receive the harvest, he had to wait for circumstances beyond his control, namely the rain. If he planted before the rain stopped in the soil, it might not bear fruit. Or if he harvests before the rain, uh, before the rain moves the crops to fullness, the harvest would be small. They had to wait for circumstances beyond their control. The adage is, if they rushed it, they ruined it. If they rushed it, they ruined it. And yeah, we get that it applies to farmers, but it, it applies to so much more, right? One of the hardest things to be patient with is marriage. Some of you guys are waiting for that one that great love that we always desire. Don't compromise. Don't settle. You might think, man, I thought I'd be married right now. I thought God's with you in the midst of your waiting. Maybe for you, it's, it's not relational, but it's in the workplace. And you're trying to force something to work out your business. And perhaps you need to relax a little bit and let God work some of those things out. Maybe it's financial. You're so focused on your financial goals that you actually have no financial peace. You're just stressed out about the whole thing. Now, I'm not a perfect picture of patience, and in so many ways I'm preaching to myself this morning, but there have been times in my life where I wanted to rush things. And if I did, looking back, I would have ruined it. Here's the principle for us. If we try to bring about things our way in our timing, it always equals personal regret. This will be on the screen. If we try to do things our way, in our timing, it ends in regret. And even with this church, you know, we're a year and a half old, and we had lots of questions kind of in the first, this first season of our church's life uh, about, hey, what's going to happen here? Are you guys going to have this? Are you going to have this mission time? Are you going to have these small groups? Are you going to have this kind of youth ministry? And it's like, we always have to say this. we got to walk before we learn. And... Our vision for this church is big, and we believe God's in it. We don't think it's just a vision for us. We believe God has given us this vision. We believe in God's vision for part of the church. But we're learning to be patient, because if we rush it, we're ruined. The flip side of this truth is just as true. If we're to do things God's way, in God's timing, it will equal God's blessing. He doesn't always work according to our uh, time frame, but he is always working. And here's one of the gifts that, we're often, that we often discover in the midst of this waiting season, is that what God does in us while we're waiting is often more important than what you thought you were waiting for. What God does in you during that patient season is often more valuable, more true, and more beautiful 
than what you think you're waiting for. Verse 9 says this, Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Number two is this, patience with people. First, we have patience with circumstances. That's hard. Patience with people, even harder. This puts a face to it. And Jesus is saying here that God is the judge who will make everything right, not me. So because God has been patient with me, I've got to be patient with other people. How many times has God given us a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a hundredth chance? We need to do likewise. Number three, patience with God. Patience with circumstances is hard. Patience with people is harder. Patience with God is probably the hardest. It says this in verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. He's saying, remember the people of the past. Think about it. Abraham, he was 75 years old when God called him and said, I will bless you and I will bless the world through your descendants. You know how long they had to wait before his son Isaac was born? 24 years. Abraham was 99 when Isaac was born. Good for you, Abraham. Hey, y'all. Uh, Moses, he was 40 when he left Egypt for exile in Midian, and then he was 80 when he came to lead his people out of Egypt. 40 years. Then the people of God had to wait another 40 years to finally enter the promised land. David was anointed king as a teenager. He had to wait 22 years before he reigned over God's people. Every prophet has to wait. Every man of God has to wait. Every woman of God has to wait. And God has a good track record of keeping his promises. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. It just might mean that what God's wanting to do in his timing, not yours. Corey Ten Boom said this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's so true. I do think that this quest for convenience has permeated our lives to what we do. We don't even realize we're doing it, particularly in the church and our Christian faith. We want a moment of deliverance, not discipleship. We want success, not stewardship. We want wealth more than wisdom. And we want likes more than lessons. God, I want patience and I want it now. But there's no shortcuts to discipleship. There's no shortcuts to following Jesus. Is your quest for convenience killing your Christianity? Let's look at this patience thing in the life of Jesus. It's always good to look at him. See, in Jesus, we only have a couple stories of his life before the age of 30. We have his birth, which we know that, we celebrate that during Christmas. But then we have this encounter of him at the temple when he was 12 years old. So he was the son of God on earth, and when he was 12, he doesn't tell Mary and Joseph where he's going as he walks away from them. And uh, he goes and hangs out at the temple. And they, Mary and Joseph figured that he was in the caravan with everybody else heading back to Bethlehem. 
And so Mary realized that he's not with her. Every parent's had this pain, right? Which my son, which my daughter. And, and we get we freak out. Mary does this halfway to Bethlehem. No, my 12-year-old son, Jesus, is gone. So they rush back. She sees him. And Jesus says to her mom, you know I've got to handle my father's business. And I bet she said, Jesus Jehoshaphat, if you get back in that character, Jesus didn't have a real name, but if he did, this is where Mary would use it. Jesus Jehoshaphat, you get back in the caravan, and you're doing the dishes when you get home. After this moment, we don't hear from Jesus for 18 years. Talk about patience. He literally could have done miracles at age 10, at age 12, at age 16, at age 24. He could have done miracles, and he's doing dishes. And he's learning how to build tables with Joseph. He was called a carpenter. Why? Because he learned the craft in this season of patience. There are things you're not ready for because you haven't learned them yet in the season of patience. Jesus was patient for 30 years to have three years of a platform for three hours of purpose. He lived for 33 years, 30 years of preparation and waiting for three years of a platform, for three hours of purpose on a cross. Will you wait on God? Patience is a fruit of the Spirit that requires time. It's necessary. Don't put God on Amazon status. If you're not here in two days, man, I don't want to mess with you anymore. Or send an email or a prayer saying, well, you're late. I want it now. Don't let convenience kill your Christianity. I think this, this is the question that should permeate our minds today. How you wait directly affects how long you wait. the people of Israel. They were freed from Egypt. They were freed from slavery. And they had an 11-day journey ahead of them to the promised land. 11 days. And those people made those 11 days 40 years in death. On those 11 days, they complained, they grumbled, they made false gods and worshipped other gods. Those people turned an 11-day journey into a 40-year death. How do you wait directly affects how long you wait. Most of us are like my five-year-old son, Dex. When we say, hey, wait, he's just like, mm. And every day when I come home from work, uh, in the afternoon, sometimes I'm, I'm home a little bit later, and he'll go up to the mom's and go, uh, when's daddy come home? And he loves it when she says he's almost home, or just a few minutes, something like that. But every once in a while, when I have even left wherever I am at, uh, she'll say in a while. Go, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say in a while. Because for him, in a while means way longer than I want. And, and so he says, no, I'm not say that in a while. He knows that means much longer. And when we wait, we sigh, we exhale, we stop our feet. And the question this morning is not how long are you going to wait, but how are you going to wait? The reason we wait is because the promise God has for us is usually discovered in the process. And the process always requires patience. Always requires patience. Uh, Pastor Michael Todd, pastor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, was trying to teach his daughter about patience and waiting. And 
she was hungry, so he goes to the, the pantry and gets some mac and cheese, puts it in the microwave, and while she's waiting, she can't wait. So I've got a short video describing the situation. Teach you patience, right? And so you had to wait. Yeah. How, how was it waiting? Well, it was not good, so I was trying to eat so much, but I could I was just super hungry, and I was so close, I tried to grumble, so I couldn't wait to not taste but you were to me, you ate Well, that's because I was hungry. Okay, so next time you're gonna wait, you're gonna be patient. Uh, but after every day, single day, I get this tummy. We're, we're so hungry all day. Oh, you're hungry all day? Yes. Yes, I eat. Okay. Like right now. Okay, we'll eat. Maybe different things you have to be patient, okay? But I really don't eat them when you guys make it so small. Well, why don't you do like to wait? No. Why? It's kind of hard. It's more of a wait. It's funny as that, isn't that us when we're waiting on God? We exaggerate the truth. The Google video said, I'm starving all day. Does that sound like us? But God, nothing's going right right now. Everything is wrong, God. And this girl had nourishment that was being prepared for her by her father, and she settled for junk. She settled for gummy bears. They were on the table. And because she felt like her father wasn't preparing something for her, she settled. She didn't understand the process. So she went to make her own way. And then she blamed her father for making it so slowly. We do this with God all the time. God, why are you so slow? I've been asking. I'm starving. I'm hungry. The gummy bears are right there. All the while God's preparing something so much better for us if we would just wait. God, I, I thought I was going to do this. God, I thought I was going to have this, but you're moving so slowly. We could provide for ourselves when God's saying, just wait. The only thing harder than waiting for God is wishing you had. God, I pray that we would see that our problem of patience is not with them or with that boss or with that employee or with that child. That the problem with patience is with us. So God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would work in us, that we would have macrothumia, that we would have a long fuse, that there would be far less explosions, God, I pray that we follow your example of patience. That we would learn what you have for us in this season of waiting. In this in-between season, God. God, sometimes that's more beautiful, more good, more true, more lovely, more life-giving than what we actually think and hope we're waiting for. 
So help us to see that. God, give us eyes to see that. Give us ears to learn that, Jesus. Give, our, give us spirits to receive what you have for us in these patient seasons. We're relying on you, God. We need you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and help us declare that we need God in this list? Because if we can't do it on our own. So we stand and we confess that, Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name.